Welcome back to another A Positive Insights podcast. I'm with Harry. We were just joined by Jeff Miller from the recruitment company. He's the current CEO. Um, I'm sure most of you know him, but um, today he just um, he shared some really nice insights around health and well-being and maintaining that while being a CEO of a recruitment business, um, which I found really, really valuable to hear. What did you find interesting, Harry? Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic chat as well. I think Jeff took a a different path than others we've spoken to on the podcast so far and a different path to ownership um, within the company, sort of starting working there and working his way up. So I think it's really valuable for for people to listen that may not potentially want to go out on their own and start up on their own, but actually work their way up the ranks in their current company to ownership. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Awesome. So guys, um, take a listen. Remember, we are still trying to grow the podcast, so please like, share, and um, yeah, enjoy. Thanks. Hey, Jeff. Um, do you want to give us a quick background of you in the business? Love to. My name is Jeff Miller. I'm the CEO of TRC Group. Um, I've been in recruitment coming out for 20 years, which is amazing to think. It's nearly two decades. Um, we are a Sydney and Irish-based business. Um, we deliver solutions in recruitment, consulting, and technology. And within our recruitment businesses, we focus upon uh, technology recruitment, public sector recruitment, and operations recruitment as part of a new brand we've launched recently, which no doubt we'll delve into at some point soon. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome. Um, so I suppose like, the purpose of uh, t- today, um, if I get my words out, we want to focus really on like how you've been able to grow such a successful business. I know a lot of people admire you and the brand. Um, so yeah, you're obviously 20 years in the business. You've learned a lot along the way. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the growth, like from the early days until now? Yeah, I'd love to. So we um, recently uh, expanded our, our business into a group. Obviously, it's taken a, a while to get to that point. Um, and as you point out there, and I mentioned earlier, I've been in the business 20 years. So um it's obviously we've we've made a lot of mistakes on the way and we've learned a lot too uh but if if i go back to the when i started in in the recruitment company or trc group at the time it was 2009 and we were delivering solutions to the new south Wales public sector and uh commercial it so that that were our, our two main domains um had a really good footing in that business um had a very good um market presence and a very strong focus and director focus but at the time uh, when when i did start we were a very different business we were very corporate very linear um and very of our origins of, of what, from which we'd grown which was from a um a larger financial company we, we kind of started as a small recruitment arm and then we kind of went out on our own and 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 also trc at the time went out on its own and, and became a standalone brand so Simon and I, uh, in I think it was 2013, 2014, started discussing how we can make it more of us, where put more of our personality into the brand, hence the recruitment company was born. So it's TRC always said for the recruitment company at the time. Um, it doesn't, it no longer does. It still was the acronym that we use now sounds something different, which I'll talk about in a moment, but the recruitment company was born. So we rebranded, we relaunched. Um, and we set a new vision for the business back in 2000, start of 2014. Um, and the vision was based upon uh, a couple of 
um, what do you call it, choke point or a, a key choke point that we felt the industry had. And, and that choke point was tenure of our team. And so, so the whole mission for the last nine, nearly 10 years was to try and uh, address that choke point as a company. And that obviously it, it saw our growth. Um, so at the time, I think we were probably 10 or 12 consultants, um, maybe eight at the time. Um, and now we are uh, a team of 30 across the country, across the world now, with six in Ireland and, and 24 here in, in Sydney, across a few businesses. And, and the, the vision at the time, uh, back in 2014, was to create the untethered recruitment company, which was to basically break the mold that we felt was letting us down, let the recruitment industry down and seeing such high churn in, um, in, in recruit, recruiter tenure, which obviously impacts your company performance because you, you haven't got the uh, the tenure you want. So clients then get the repeat service, all, all those things that cascade on from um, addressing that choke point. So we set about that at the time. Our, our tenure was probably in the region of about 18 months, two years, kind of outside the recruitment industry. And the industry's tenure was 16 months. Um, and over that eight years, we, we, we worked tirelessly, made many, many mistakes. But we, uh, our tenure now is over six years, which is incredible. That's amazing. Um, our, uh, we, we recently won uh, two years in a row, the best place to work in Australia as part of the great place to work list, which obviously talks to how much we focused on culture. Culture became our, 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 our primary driver. If we, can, if we can create a culture people want to be and more importantly want to stay, um, then obviously our customers, our candidates, our clients are going to get such better continuity of service and, and learn about our business, learn about our consultants and just get better successful around, better for consultants, better for us, better for the clients. And that was that became our undying focus for eight years. Um, and then Brilliant. at the end of 2021, we achieved that goal. It was 21, yeah, I'm thinking back now. Um, and off the back of 2021, we'd achieved that major goal for us, which was to become the answer the recruitment company, um, which meant that our people could work from anywhere, anytime. And lots of other things that, that came as part of that. Um, but it essentially gave, uh, it, it, by us focusing on our, on our core value set and, and hiring people based on our values and giving people trust and, and, and focusing on culture as our 10x, our thing that really differentiated, differentiated us, us from other eight businesses in, in the same industry. That enabled us to attract, hire, and retain all those people. Um, and, and since then, we've... Uh, expanded our business into a group and that's because we had uh, multiple um, business entities underneath the recruitment company which was the services company and a new brand we've recently launched called launched called talk which stands for the outsourced recruitment company and those businesses were successful of their own right and um, needed to have their own footing needed to have their own um, marketing their own branding out there because, um, for example, the, the services company is uh, is 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 into over ten million dollars in revenue now, which is a fantastic little business, well, not even little anymore. It needed its own branding, so we've 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 we created an umbrella, a group called TRC Group, which stands for Technology Recruitment Consulting, and um, keeping the acronym that I mentioned before. And so under the group now we have 
those um, those multiple brands. Uh, we have two, the, the, the recruitment company brand, which is Sydney and Ireland, uh, or sorry, Australia, Sydney and, and Ireland, Dublin. Uh, we have Talk, which is the outsource recruitment company. We have TSC, which is the services company. And then we have a new brand that is um, currently dormant, um, but live, which is uh, my recruitment toolkit, which is a, a technology suite that we've developed, which will That's become in live to the market in about six months, let's say. That's a pretty full plate, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've done a lot. We've expanded a lot. So it's been a really exciting journey. I suppose um, it's a really good overview. And if we can turn the clock back a little bit before we explore about sort of how you got to where you are, a lot of the recruiters that are listening to this are thinking about going out on their own, uh, but they're, they're sort of sitting in a pretty comfortable position in what they're currently mm. doing. Might have some golden handcuffs. if They're running a contract desk. What was your, obviously came out of a bigger finance company, but what was your tipping point and what was your realization for going out on your own? Um, I suppose I should probably correct that because I didn't. I, I'm, I, I joined TRC Group as an employee um at the time and then obviously i've i've earned the right and 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 through sweat equity and and success i am a director and owner of the business so um simon and i are the majority shareholders within the the group and the company um but i i, I joined from another successful recruitment company which was interpro at the time um still a great brand in the business so in the in industry um, at the time, I've, I've been there a long time, and I thought, oh, let's go and give it a crack. Um, money wasn't everything to me at the time. I was actually earning very well, had great success there. And uh, the leap that I took was for this opportunity to be doing this now and, and partner with someone um, like Simon, who, who both of us, I think, um, confront each other really well. Simon's fantastic with the operation side of things and, and, and systems, and I'm, I'm great on the front end with customers and, and our team and leadership. So we, our, our skills complement each other. And, and that was, he was really the, one of the major reasons at the time that I took that leap of faith and, and, and left what was like you just said then, really comfortable salary, client base, environment, good team, et cetera, um, good company I was with. So yeah, I, 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 I suppose I did a, a kind of, um, uh, step that you're talking about but but mine was mine was definitely more cushioned than going up my own yeah so how many years were you in the business before you became a director and shareholder um i think two or three i i, I can't remember it's been 12 13 years so it's a long time right i think yeah. it's, it's definitely been at least eight ten that I, that I have been and, and obviously over time we've um we've worked together on on on, on expanding that um giving me more ownership and 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 control of of my role obviously i'm the ceo so everything reports to me within that group and um the expansion of it so yeah we've we definitely had some um good outcomes and it's just been a great partnership between two of us and, and obviously got to mention the directors in there laura as well um, and we have a, a director that was part of the group, isn't anymore, but she still says, remains as a silent partner in it because she believes in what we're doing. Um, so there's there's a few smaller shareholders in there, but yeah, the two of us drive that forward. 
Yeah, it's um, it's a really good structure you've got there. And I guess that brings me to fast forward to now. Have you still got that defined promotion structure? And, and can your, you've also got a long tenure. Is that because mm. you're, they're getting promoted every year when they hit milestones? I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, we have. I think one of the one of the key things that we are as a business is is ridiculously clear. We have clarity, clarity, clarity is one of our um, our, our, our I suppose our core rules to play as a business. Like we we have a set course of values. Clarity isn't one of those values. It's it's uh, it's just a thing that we have to do. We make sure that every message is clear. So everyone in our company has a clear um, progression um, path, whether they be a first time resourcer we call that associate resourcer and how they then become a principal consultant or a team leader or a director or manager or whether they start as a consultant and, and move through to be sales manager md whatever that role may be as our business expand um, obviously we are a small business so there's not md roles for everybody um, but obviously we as, as i mentioned we we've expanded to have a group so we have four entities within our group now, or five if you include um, TRC Group as the umbrella. And there is, there's leadership opportunities in all of those businesses, but everyone is very aware of how they go from where they start in our company to the upper echelons of, of, of their imagination, like whether it can be uh, becoming a director or, or becoming a principal consultant. So for example, um, Chris Pilo, who is our director um, our MD in Ireland started off with us as a resourcer um, and he actually he, he went straight in as a consult as, a, as an associate consultant he came in as a um, as a uh, I think as a resourcer did three-month training and went straight in as an associate consultant and, and now as a, an MD of a country and as a, as a shareholder of the uh, major shareholder of the Irish business so, um, the, yes, there is a very clear progression structure we have. And obviously, as we expand more, there'll be more clarity around how they get to MD or, or, or director status as we get more opportunity to offer those those type of roles. Yeah, brilliant. Do you, do you find this reminds me of a conversation we had in episode one of this podcast? Um, do you find that everyone responds the same to that clarity? Does it put different pressure on certain people? Obviously, you've got a strong culture. Do you find you have to adapt the way you communicate the progression and the opportunities? Because I imagine that not everyone would want to be a manager. Not everyone would want to get to GM level. Yeah, 100%. The communication doesn't adapt. Just the, um, the... opportunity because you've got to respect what people want right as again you don't want to drive everyone to become a leader not everyone is a leader not everyone wants to be that um we've got a couple of guys in the in the company that are just phenomenal recruiters and they love doing what they're doing and, and that's what they want to do and i love that i've 100% respect that and um obviously everyone has their own life goals and and, and that obviously cascades up or sorry um grows up into delivering to their life goals so but but our our communication style wouldn't change to those people so um for example that they know what is expected of them um and they obviously work to deliver on that and then the person that's trying to strive to become a leader or a sales manager or a md also knows what's expected of them so the communication style doesn't change it's still really clear we obsess about the messages we give out we have a very common 
um, it's not common. We have a very fluid and um, consistent um, meeting structure, which is how we communicate almost everything. And then if something goes outside of that meeting structure, i.e. Uh, an individual conversation with someone about their promotion opportunities, then that's, again, very clear. It's set up. It's, it's unambiguous. It, it's um, detail-focused. You know? So we, we um, utilize, I don't know whether you guys have heard the book, The Advantage by Pat Lencioni. He, he talks about um, clarity, 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 obsessed about clarity and over-communicate, communicate, over-communicate and reinforce your messages all the time, um, which right, right from your vision through to your your golden rules, whatever they are. And our, and our golden rule is don't take the piss. So all those kind of things that <laughs> you, you talk about all the time um, are, are, are over-communicated. Almost to the point where everyone's saying, shut up, Jeff, we don't care, mate. We know. Tell us all the time. <laughs> um, that kind of thing. Or that's the kind of, you know, not that you want people to say that, but get, you get what I mean. Like you obsess, you, you over-communicate everything. So to answer your question, the communication style doesn't change with it. The communication styles are consistent. But the, um, the everyone's um, progression is bespoke to them and unique to them and what they want and their visions. And we, we do things in the business, um, structures in the business that are part of that communication rhythm, like PDP, so personal development plans. Every person in our business has a PDP as part of their leadership, um, sorry, as part of their um, progression structure in our company. And a PDP is there to align the personal goals with company goals or personal goals with work goals to make sure they're harmonious as you drive towards whatever they be right and that they complement each other because then you've got motivation to, to achieve both because you know that work is supporting your personal goals and your personal goals supporting your work goals so those kind of structures we have that help people help our team you know, connect with uh, the promotion opportunities or connect their uh, perhaps sometimes the internal monotony of just having to get on the phone and pick up pick up um, the phone to, to business development, which we know is obviously a, a crucial part of our role and often an amazing part of our role. But sometimes, as everybody knows, it can get monotonous and you just got to keep going because you've got a goal to achieve. And if you know what that goal is and it's clear, it helps you. So that, those, those kind of structures we have that run alongside um, our company meetings and daily huddles and these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. Um, it's probably something we should even about here. Um, <laughs> so I want to hear more about the best place to work. You've obviously won that two years in a row. And you, you obviously mentioned that it's kind of evolved as the business has grown. But what type of things have you implemented into the business that's made you win this award? Um, <laughs> because I think, that's, I, I think that's very important. Um, well, it's, it's actually quite ironic because we did... Um, the great place to work at the end of 2020 yeah it was in the 2020 yeah all these covid years kind of you lose perspective <laughs> blur, of when it? was when right yeah um and the end of 2020 we we were generally thinking where's our culture at obviously we've just everyone's been through nine months of what the fuck's going on like where are we everyone's working at home like all these random stuff that's happening um multiple lockdowns that kind of thing so like okay well, let's do this just to see where our our culture is at we don't know we'd love to get feedback we surely got some gaps let's let's assess it and then we enter so we enter grepos to work as a, as a very good 360 feedback loop so they give we give you all this data so i'd, I'd recommend any company to do it because it's really valuable um 
this is not a sales pitch for them, it's just what I found. And <laughs> the uh your own permission. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we did so we took part in that and um we wanted to get the feedback and lo and behold, we won it. We re- generally didn't think we would win it. We really didn't. Um, it was a it was a shock to us as much as it was to everybody else. Um, but what it is, it's feedback from your team about things you could improve, gaps, et cetera, et cetera. Right? And it's very unbiased. You know, they ask a hundred questions about it. Um, and um, so I'm not, and I'm not answering your question yet, but I'm just kind of giving you the story. And then second year, we went and thought, well, we've got to go back and do it again just to make sure we are still on track. And we won again, which again was very surprising, very humbling because we we just do things that we care about. Like we, 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 we make a business um, enjoyable for people to be because we enjoy it too, right? I want to work somewhere where I enjoy being and enjoying being around those people. And um, so, so kind of answering your question, what are some of the things we implemented? Well, we're, we're, we're a small business, as, as I mentioned, we're only 30, 30 plus people across the group, but we felt it was critically important to have someone spearhead culture because obviously that was the core of us achieving that untethered goal until the focus and we brought in um we used to have sarah and then we brought in holly who who basically obsesses about everything cultural so simon and i obviously had a vision of, of what we wanted to grow and holly's the person that's been able to go out there and deliver it and we do um i think it starts from your uh, your values so we, we're a values based purpose-driven company values to us are imp- brutally important we hire on them um, we make decisions upon them. We partner with you guys based on our values um, for your um, accessibility and transparency and in, in, in how we work, right? Our accessibility and responsiveness and just love working with you, Darren. So like we genuinely create partnerships and create um, business partnerships and company partnerships and, and, and um, client partnerships based on those values. If they don't suit us, um, we don't partner. We hire people, we fire people based on them too. So um, that there, that's where it started. And from there, we recognized that we, to build the culture that we wanted, we had to have um, trust at the front of that. So everyone in our business, and we always use this as an example, but when they first start, they give them a credit card. Day one, credit card, here you go. Look, go out, look after your customers. All they ever ask is, is it worth spending the money? But look after them. Um, no one comes into our business and earns trust. They're giving it. Obviously, you can break trust. But I don't think it's something you have to come in and earn. Like we've hired someone based on, on, on a belief. And then they've gone through a really stringent recruitment process of ours, which we call a SKIDS interview, which is a, a summarized chronological in-depth screening, which is like a three-hour interview that, that, that they go through with us and talking about the history to really get to know them. And that's just one phase of it. And it's a three-stage process. So um, we spend a lot of time at, up front in, in hiring the people we do. And then we give trust straight away. And then we're clear with everything that we have. We, we sit, they sit down with me on the, the first hour within the business and run through the entire business strategy and all the numbers we're focused upon. So I know it's quite academic and, and perhaps quite um, system focused, but systems set you free. And I mentioned to you before this down and, and we have so many systems in our business that enable us to do a lot of the things that we do and and for people to work from anywhere anytime on the system support it and they're underpinned by things like our values things like the offering trust up front things like the clarity that we have so i got all those rules to play and then um on top of that 10x our culture was our 10x culture was our, our, our point of difference it was how we should hire um uh attract hire and retain the best people in the market and have success 
So we've got things like um, an EVP, so an employee value proposition, and that's everything from um, ensuring that there are things in the office that people want, like this is so blase, but so like coffee and beers and fruit and that it did like just that they're all the ice on the cake but then they are the little things that matter it's more things like um we we ensure that our our team have access to financial wellness and understanding it is important to look after your financial wellness we're in a role where we can perform and earn well so we should look after that too um we have obviously an education around that we have social and mental wellness as well as part of our eap which is our employee um assistance program we, we, we do things like we drive social events. Our office is designed to invite the team in rather than need them in. So we'd like them to be there. We don't need them to be there. Obviously, they can work from anywhere they like. But we put on events like boxing on a Tuesday morning. Um, we do Tartus Tuesdays. So they come in if they want lunch and this kind of stuff. So we do things that try and invite people in rather than need them in. And then we have... Um, counterparts where people they might come in with the clients and then we, we share when there are lots of people in the office and then perhaps more people will come in so the whole idea is just a mature trusting environment um from the outset that then we layer on top of it um uh, kind of like the, the 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 icing on the cake which is those things i mentioned at the start and then it, and it obviously has a very strong element of care and um attention and um the uh, the to, to bring about what we like to refer to as an intense yet fun environment to work in. It's not, it's obviously a big difference between tense and intense. Intense is, you know what you've got to deliver on, deliver that, we'll support you through that. It's, it's that, and obviously we're trying to balance the intensity and the fun is, 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 is very important. You, you go too far one way, you're not doing enough, you go too far the other way, you're not having enough fun and you're burning out. So it's a real, um, a, a tenuous balance to, to, to manage and we have tools that we have that help us manage that too so obviously holly critical in that role incredible what she does she's the she's the core architect behind our two great places to work wins um so holly has a finger on our, on our cultural pulse and then we also have a platform that we use that, that helps us get feedback on our culture and our cultural pulse um called tiny pulse which just gives us data on on how that culture is performing Hopefully that waffle there was kind of the waffle. Uh, <laughs> I think you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. I'm wondering if you've got any jobs available at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully that kind of shows that there's a there's a there's a system there. Yeah, no, there absolutely is. Do all that stuff I, with lots of things in it. I've definitely missed out other stuff, but I just want to ask about that work anywhere, anytime. Like, how many people have taken that up? We've got uh, Claire in Ireland right now. Um, we've got Critica in Nepal um we've we we had Aaron in america at the start of the year amanda uh, was in india so yeah all the time constantly um there's people working from all over the world all the time um and that, that's totally embraced and 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 the, the three th we have we have again we have a system that sits behind that but we have um accountabilities they they, they must deliver upon whilst they're there or you'd have to be in our meeting which is at 9 37 every day if you can't be in that can't do it um you know these kind of kind of things we put there that help um anchor them to the, the culture and, and the company we're a sydney-based business right so we, we deliver to sydney-based companies ollie works in um in brisbane that, that's more remote than it is untethered but he's he works remote and he obviously that the hours and the day change sometimes but he's still in all those meetings 
Um, we have, I'd probably say the majority of the business work from home or from somewhere else, 70 to 80% of the time. Yeah, wow. Um, and then, so I was in, I was in, yes, I'm at home today. I was in Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm, I'm back in the office tomorrow. Um, and, and yesterday there was probably 12 people in. Um, Tuesday, there's a few more because we had a, a new girl start um, and everyone's there to help her on board. And, and we do a very rigorous, um, again, fun and intense onboarding process that we'll get a lot more people in the office during that period. But yeah, it works really well and, and people embrace it. And every time we've done it, every time someone's gone to America, like we had Elle who, who went to America first. She was awesome. She loved it. She This was during COVID, I think. Um, and we were doing drinks in an evening and it was like four o'clock in the morning there 11 o'clock in the morning our time and she's still going it just it just works really well <laughs> yeah I love we, we, we embrace it well um um again we're, we're very clear in expectations and yeah it, it seems to um enable people to go and explore things they wouldn't normally do when you fix to an office five days a week they can they can still deliver what we need and what they want and and and, and achieve their goals and go and I don't know, go to Tamworth Music Festival and be there um, so they can have Friday off when they're, but they've traveled up there. You know, that, those kind of things are well possible and, and totally embraced in our business. Yeah, brilliant. See, I, I find that interesting because clearly you have such a good culture and you've outlined everything that you do. Uh, if it's increasing the amount of people who are working from anywhere, what are some learnings and what are some things you've, implemented or potentially had to change if not as many people are coming into the office so has that impacted your culture negatively at all or have you found that it strengthened it in many respects it strengthened it um like i said our tenure's not taken a dive um our tenure's gone up so so obviously people enjoy it um it's definitely a um it's an asset right to us it's a definitely an asset in, in, and it's an asset that people value which we love and there are definitely, but there are a hell of a lot of learnings in it. Hell of a lot of learnings. We made a lot of mistakes along the way, and I'm trying to think of some now. I mean, what um, very blasé at the start of 2022, um, we we still, we, sorry, I've got to step back. We we we, we always had a, you, you, there was like an expectation that the fixed hours were like eight to five. I don't know, you that was like almost expected, and we removed that. We said, oh, look, don't worry about eight to five or nine to six, whatever it is that you do. We're outcome-based working. I just deliver, do your role, do your do job. And then some people are like, awesome. I know what I've got to do. I've got to do my um, my money-making activities. I've got to deliver to my client. I've got to make sure I get back to all my candidates. I've got, I know what I've got to do. Like I've got a really good understanding of that. Whereas others were like, what the hell are you asking of me? Like, when am I going to finish now? Like, I, am I still working at midnight? Have I done enough? Have I not done enough? Which is which is quite a beautiful thing for people to think, right? Like you, they're they're so invested in your business and in delivering. Such great, they're like, when the fuck do I stop working? Like, I don't give me some clarity. Um, but we was really we thought everyone was able just to jump straight into that, and they weren't. And and that that was a that was quite a um, a nice thing to notice that we we needed to create more uh, systems around it. And it wasn't it wasn't putting uh, rules in place. I don't like the term rules. I like framework and structure. Um, so we set some parameters and we, start, we, we gave like a, a decision tree of questions. They can ask themselves, OK, have I delivered all my accountabilities to my customers? Have I got back to everyone? Have I achieved my money making activities? Have I delivered or am, am I am I 
in in um, reach of target am i um have i uh, delivered on on all these requirements have i over resourced this role enough like these kind of questions you could go out and ask yourself um to should i finish or not um so that was definitely one uh, uh not necessarily mistake we made it was just a learning curve that we 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 obviously responded to and and built a framework around which meant that we didn't put rules okay now you've got to do this and you've got to do that but we you can you can be mature enough to ask yourself these questions and still own you know, what a good day is yeah awesome um i just want to change the subject jeff but obviously being the ceo of the recruitment company you're obviously completely busy um but one of the things that i always notice you so focused on your health and well-being um can you tell us how you've implemented this in, into your lifestyle. Obviously, you're extremely busy as a CEO, but how you still maintain that time, that health? Talk to us, because we struggle. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, it's kind of fundamental to the person I am. Like, I, 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 I couldn't survive. Um, if, if, if it wasn't um, health, it would be something else. Like, obviously, I have an addictive personality, but luckily for me, my addiction is is fitness and health and 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 that um outpouring for me is running um and i obviously make time for it i um I, I, if, if for example I, i'm in the city i'll always put an hour aside i can get out and, and and run um i think if i don't do it my mindset is not where it needs to be and it's it's almost like it's a tool for me to perform in my role it's a tool for me to be present with my family it's a tool for me to um release my inner chatter you know it's all those great things some people might use um meditation some people might drink some people might go to yoga for me it's running it's it's my it's exercise and and as a kid i was an athlete and i and i loved the 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 feeling it, it gave me and I learned a lot about myself as an individual so those lessons I, I just I continue to implement in my life on a daily basis and it enables me to do the things I do now like I don't I don't ever scrimp on on it um I it, it places a high priority in my um functions as a human and if I didn't do it I'll, I'll, I'll it would be something else and probably something that didn't serve me <laughs> like um yeah like like some hilarious uh vice that that i that i shouldn't be whether it be alcohol or something else right so luckily for me like i said it, it's exercise and my family my, my, are, are very healthy my wife's a, a big advocate of exercise too and, and and she has a um a real focus on in her life so we we, we help each other in that too right it, it 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 benefits us both and then as i think as a business being a clear-headed leader is really important um, and it helps me stay clear-headed. I do, it's not a crazy amount either. It's um, it's probably 10 hours a week, which is what, an hour a day and then something big at the weekend, which is not a lot, right? Only everyone can, everybody can find that. Um, sometimes I, it might be- I don't know, I've heard rumors of 100K a week. Yeah, yeah, but that's 10 hours, right? It's 100, 100. But then you pick up. He's a fast bit. runner. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then I always compare, my, compare it to, like, uh, there's a, a guy, um, most people, a lot of you wouldn't know him, but he's a guy called Tom, and he's, he run, he's a professional elite runner, runs 200K a week, still works full-time in his own business, and also has two children. Another friend of mine, he's got five kids. He's, he's a 
Um, wow. He's a, a director in a major global firm. Um, uh, he, he travels all over the world and he still does the same as I do, right? So um, when I step back and look at myself and, and the business, I think the two of the critical things for me one well, two, sorry, is, is, is consistency, right? And, and um, being consistent with who you are, how you show up, um, how you respond to anything, um, they have, people have to know where they are all the time. So you, if I'm inconsistent with my mood and my approach and my response and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a disservice to my business and to the people in it. Therefore, I'm in my life, I am consistent with everything, how I eat, how I sleep, how I train, how I plan, how I run the business, how I respond to everything. And that comes back to how militant I am with my exercise. So my exercise is obviously deeply entrenched in me from a child. Um, and it's something I love and and have always done. Um, and I militant with that now so I, I make sure that i do something every day like no, no matter what if if i've have not been if i'm not home till midnight i go front at midnight if i'm if i've got a full day six till midnight i'll get up and run at 4 a.m like i'll do something that enables me to still deliver on that um because it's so important to me so that because otherwise if i don't i'll be going all day six till midnight i'm pissed off for myself because i didn't get up and do that so it's more important to me to be present in that moment and not frustrated at myself if I didn't. That's what I mean, the addiction thing, right? Um, that's an addictive trait that I'd, I'd be frustrated that I hadn't done that. So I make it a priority. Like I make spending time with my family priority. I make that, that hours exercise priority. But I also have an accountability structure in that. I have a coach that coaches me. And I don't want to let him down in the things he set for me. So I have somebody that holds me externally accountable and I, and I hold myself accountable because I know how important it is to my mindset, therefore my business mindset and how I show up on the day. And, and if you asked anyone in my business, what, what is one of my key traits? It's consistency. And I do that. I'm, I'm able to remain consistent because I'm consistent with everything else that's outside of work. So it, it, it just it holds that if the family's number one, that would be number two not alongside work right there they, they, they go hand in glove for me and also it helps i love it right it really does but it just it has has much dual function for me and and um yeah i i'd, I'd see if the best thing if anyone's not doing it now um just start like the best time to start was 10 years ago the second best time to start is now um if, if you it, and it doesn't have to be exercise it could be reading a book it could be um learning how to make a coffee it could be anything that, that gives you a centering opportunity that you can bring you back in and and give you a chance to draw down on on internal chatter and and and, and ease the mind yeah. that, that enables that no i think that's awesome advice hopefully um, that yeah no, that offers some structure it helps definitely Jeff, and also you... also in that sorry one other thing that's okay in my exercise i always have a goal and this might be taking it a bit too far. Like you could, you can set just do exercise for reducing the chatter or like I use it as like, so I, I always have an outcome, like whether it's a race 
or a time of at a race I'll always have that so um, I've got a couple of marathons coming up that I'm working towards and I've got specific goals for those marathons so it keeps again it keeps me accountable to doing it because otherwise if I don't hit that goal I've let myself down so I have goals in my finances I have goals in my relationships I have goals in my fitness I have goals in my work so I'm that kind of person that needs that um action to move towards or sorry that that goal to move and, and action towards yeah no that's brilliant jeff we really appreciate your time today mate it's been really insightful I really, too much, i've man. really enjoyed it <laughs> and, i know i'm uh, good at doing that <laughs> yeah you definitely are mate but no it's been great thanks as it's been awesome it's a pleasure to come on boys and i uh, hopefully it's been a value and uh, like i said I, I, i've always enjoyed partnering with you guys just for, for this kind of conversation that we can just have openly and uh, yeah, value what you guys do. Mm-hmm.